ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Christopher Kimball, host of Milk Street Radio. If you'd like to change the way you cook and also think about food, please check out the Milk Street podcast. We travel around the world to find pizza in Tokyo, Egyptian food in Berlin, and Bhutanese farmers in Vermont. We speak to Jamie Oliver, Rachel Ray, Al Roker, Ina Garten, as well as Michael Twitty, Marcus Samuelson, and Alice Waters. And we'll introduce you to recipes that will change the way you cook, from bright pink Tottenham cake to Afghan dumplings to shoyu sugar steak, and that one is direct from Hawaii. It's a whole new world of food right here on Milk Street Radio. Please check us out on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts, or go to 177milkstreet.com. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. Okay, so here we go. It's another podcast from your friends at Books of the Year and delighted that Andy Weir, uh, whose new book is Project Hail Mary, you can hear him talk about that book in detail uh, where you got this podcast. And it's a, it's a fascinating insight into how he writes and uh, the content uh, of the book and why it's not actually a Catholic book. <laughs> it's not, as it turns <laughs> out, no. All of that. <laughs> All of that is in the other podcast, but this is the Q&A. Okay, so Andy, question number one. What was the last book you really, really enjoyed? And as you say, the, the second really is the most important one there because it, you can't just quite like it. This is going to be, a, you know, a real page turner. Hmm. I would say Recursion by Blake Crouch, a science fiction novel uh, about time travel. And it was just really entertaining, really pulled me through. Um, is there a book, Andy, that stands out uh, from your childhood? Oh, yeah, a lot. I mean, I grew up reading my father's science fiction collection. So I'm, you know, pushing 50, but I grew up reading Baby Boomer era sci-fi because those are the books he had. And I mean, literally the books he bought back in the 1950s and 60s. They have old yellowed pages. They smell wow. kind of funny. And there's an ad for cigarettes at the halfway point. And so it's um, uh, these are the sorts of books I grew up with. I loved iRobot by Asimov. And basically, if I have to pick one thing, I would go with Asimov's robot-related books. iRobot was the first one, an anthology of short stories that was amazing. But if I'm gonna if I'm if I'm gonna zero in on one, I'd go with Caves of Steel. That was um, the first uh, book in the kind of robots trilogy. Although it ended up with more books than three uh, about a, it, these are mystery action adventure stories set in the you know Asimov Three Laws of Robotics universe with a uh, grizzled cop and his robot um, partner. It has it's a buddy cop movie. It's mysteries. It's it's uh, everything you could ask for. So I, it's just uh, I just really enjoyed that, especially as a kid, because everything's awesome when you're ten. I wasn't being rude there. I was just looking at my bookshelves because I'm a. I don't know if you're a big Douglas Adams fan. Oh, of course. Yeah, um, the five books in the Hitchhikers trilogy. Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> that's yeah. right. And I I thought he was the first to do that, but clearly not. Well, okay. So Asimov's um, the robots. Well, I don't think he he ever called it a trilogy anyway. But it's Caves of Steel, The Naked Sun, and Robots of Dawn. He wrote those three books 
in reasonably fast order. And then much later he wrote uh, like Robots and Empire, um, which is sort of a connection between his robots stories and the Foundation saga, which he's also very famous for. So uh, next question in the Q&A here, before we go off piste and start talking about Douglas Adams. Um, <laughs> describe your book collection, because obviously we can't come around to your uh, house or houses or see your library, but is it organized meticulously? How And how have you planned it? It is incredibly disorganized. It's piles of books here and there, stuffed into boxes, into closets, into random locations. One of my things is um, uh, I... I didn't even realize how abnormal this makes me as a reader, but I only ever read a book once. It's very rare for me to read a book multiple times. Um, there are some that I read multiple times just because they're that good. Um, most of Pratchett's stuff I've read multiple times because his stuff really, really lends itself to multiple rereadings because you, you, you catch things on later reads that you miss the first time always. And so, but Aside from a special place in my heart for Terry Pratchett, um, I tend to just, when I'm done reading a book, I put it away and I don't pick it up again. So I don't have like an organized library. I'm like, I'm done with that book. Where should I put this? Ah, here's some space in the closet. So I think people would be pretty disappointed um, to see how my books are stored. So, Andy, part of the reason why I love your books is because they they, they read as much as, as a thriller as, as, as anything else. Do you have a favorite thriller writer? Um, hmm. I mean, there's always Stephen King. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. Like, one thing, I mean, obviously, he's a top-tier writer. He's very skilled and stuff. But one thing, I like reading King novels just to kind of learn more about how to do prose really well. I mean, he's he's known for all these, you know, cool stories and cool plots and interesting characters and stuff like that. But often overlooked is how incredibly smooth his prose is it reads really easily you never have to mentally rewind to like you know understand a sentence it just flows so nicely uh so that's one thing i try to learn by reading uh, king's novels uh i also like i don't know if you'd consider them thrillers but i like the uh the jack reacher novels by lee child oh yeah yeah absolutely. i mean are those thrillers or are those mysteries yeah 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 you, you no thriller thrilling yeah absolutely Okay, then, then, then the Uli child, I suppose, would be another good answer. Uh, I, I, I'm wondering if you've actually answered the next question on the list is your favorite science fiction writer. So maybe, maybe you've mentioned that already. I don't know. Maybe you want to add someone onto the list. Yeah, my favorite uh, sci science fiction writer is definitely Asimov, Isaac Asimov. Um, but I do have a what I call my holy trinity. Um, so they, they're all much beloved by me. Asimov slightly edges out the other two is that it's Asimov, Heinlein and Clark. Those are my guys. Those are the, those are the guys I grew up reading. And so they're, they're the authors who really defined for me what science fiction is when I was a kid. And I kind of still have that in me. I, that's, they wrote pretty optimistic science fiction back in the day. It's like, okay, the, the, the world or the solar system, the way it is in their books might not it, it it might be rough on the main characters. They're, they're having a tough time, but it's sort of a, a setting you wouldn't mind living in, usually. It, 
Is there a book, Andy, that you that you'd love to step inside of? Because obviously, the the, the nature of of books is that there is jeopardy, things are going wrong. So <laughs> even if it was just for one day, is is there a book that you would that you would like to step inside of? Well, if that were the case, if it if it was for one day, I don't know. I, there are lots of places, but if I was going to live somewhere, I mean, some of these, um, like the ENM Banks books, the Culture series mm, books, yeah. that's a post scarcity world. Being a human living in the culture is awesome. You get everything you want as soon as you want it. You don't have to work. You don't have to do anything you don't like to do. Hang out with your friends all day. It's just the perfect life. <laughs> so I, I would definitely want and, – and I guess even if I was only going to spend one day, it sure would be cool to spend one day in the culture. Is there a book, Andy, that you really had to persevere with that you were tempted to give up because it was – dull or not your thing, but you were really glad that you stuck with it because it redeemed itself. Huh. Um, I might have to say just no to that um, because I am kind of picky. And so I'm quick to pull the DNF trigger, you know? (laughs) Um, So I I, I guess, you know, uh, I would have to say there are probably books that I didn't finish that would have been worth it, but I didn't, I didn't see them through. When do, you, I, I, when do you pull the trigger? How long do you give it? Ah, uh, it depends. Like um, some of them get so annoying so quickly that I'm just like, Whoop, we're done. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, others yeah. have to, you know. So first off, if I feel like a book is preaching to me, like telling me what my morals or beliefs or ideas should be, uh, that's going to make me set it down real fast. Uh, I, I don't like political allegory. I don't like any of those things. And as a rule, I'm pretty good at not picking up those books in the first place. Like just usually you can tell just from the copy written on the flap that it's like, okay, yeah, this is going to be all about wealth inequality. So no thanks. Right. But um, <laughs> sometimes it gets preachy in the middle unexpectedly. And I'm like, hmm, okay, let's see. Um, but uh, um, uh, so that'll happen. And, and even for some of my great, uh, some of my, uh, much beloved authors like Robert Heinlein, um, I couldn't finish stranger in a strange land. I know I'm not alone in that. A lot of people kind of had a problem with it. It was just too kind of esoteric and high concept for me. And I, I don't know, it just didn't grab me like other Heinlein novels did. And there's one Heinlein novel that I absolutely despise, (laughs) which is Farnham's freehold. Um, that one just really, as I was reading it, I got more and more annoyed and eventually put it down because I was mad at the book. It was just such an obvious self-insertion fantasy by Heinlein. It's like the main character is this older guy that for some reason every, is right about everything. He's gruff and yeah. mean, but everyone is always saying, well, you're right. You're this awesome guy. He bangs his, uh, his son's fiance because, of course, young women like the older men. And I'm just like, oh, my God, why am I reading this? <laughs> I I have lost count of the number of books written by, and it's normally men, yeah. uh, where the main character is, oh, there's a certain similarity to the person who's written the book. Yes. That. I can think of one guy who's actually been on this podcast where the lead character had the same initials. It was unbelievable. Oh. Anyway, um, are, there, are there any authors, um, Andy, that you're yet to meet, but that you'd like to? Um... Yet to meet, but would like to. Well, I would like to meet J.K. Rowling someday. One time I was in Edinburgh. I I was there in the U.K. for uh, promoting maybe Artemis. Might have been the same trip where I um, 
might have been the same trip where I where I was on where I was on a show with Simon on Simon's show. But um, uh, I went up to Edinburgh for a few events, and I'm like, well, I I know, I know J.K. Rowling lives in Edinburgh, so I had my agent reach out to her agent, said like, hey, you want to have lunch or something like that? And she she didn't respond at all. <laughs> oh no! Oh, I thought it was going to be a nice end to that story. Oh no! Nope. She, uh, we, we, we received no response whatsoever. Uh, So I'm like, oh, well, it was worth a shot. (laughs) Well, I've interviewed a couple of times, Andy. I just thought I'd end up with a little bit of, uh, you know, one-upmanship. So, Oh, there we go. Yeah, there you go. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. And she did say she was very busy, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not not a fan, Andy. Not a fan. Didn't want you there. Yeah, yeah. She said, like, I'm sure her greatest regret was that she didn't get a chance to have lunch with me when I was in Edinburgh. If she comes on the pod, Andy, we will tell her that you're, you know, you should be first in line. Yeah, that's right. Next time I'm in Edinburgh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Andy, uh, it's a pleasure. We look forward to speaking to you in a couple of years when your uh, latest extraordinary project uh, (laughs) unfolds. But for the meantime, Project Hail Mary uh, is the latest book from Andy. As I mentioned at the beginning, if you want to hear Andy talk about that, uh, you can get that podcast where you got this one. Um, Andy, thank you very much. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks so much for having me. Finding high-quality mental health care can be daunting and exhausting. That's why Cerebral offers convenient access to online mental health services, including therapy and medication management. Cerebral's diverse clinician team can help with anxiety, depression, insomnia, stress, grief, big life changes, and more. You can schedule and communicate with your care team through Cerebral's mobile app and attend your sessions from the comfort of your own home. Get started with or without insurance. Plus, you can now use FSA or HSA. Start your first month for 50% off at Cerebral.com slash ACAST. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Dori Shafrier, and along with Kate Spencer, I host Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. Join us every Wednesday with guests like author Phoebe Robinson, chef Samin Nosrat, actress Busy Phillips, and even former Secretary of State Madeleine Albright. On Mondays and Fridays, We have mini episodes where we answer listeners' questions on everyday problems like how useful a butt mask really is, how to deal with a petty friend, or how to relax after a long day. So join us Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on Forever 35, where we're not experts, but we are two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.